If you could automate segments of your manufacturing workflow, would you? In a world where some industries still qualify 100% of their production, we must ask ourselves, is that still necessary? Hi, I'm Dylan Drake, the Advanced Manufacturing Product Manager for Phillips Federal, and your host for the TechShift Podcast. Today we sit down with Jacob Brunsberg, the Chief Executive Officer of Sigma Additive Solutions. Jacob joined Sigma Additive Solutions after holding senior P&L strategy positions at GE Additive, the additive manufacturing division of General Electric. In his current role, he's responsible for leading Sigma's strategy, development, commercialization, and overall business performance. From 2019 to 2021, Jacob was a P&L leader for General Electric's Binerjet Technology Unit. He previously served as Senior Managing Director of the Central Region tasked with helping establish the U.S. sales infrastructure for post-acquisition integration of several additive manufacturing technology companies, including Concept Laser, Narcam, and many, many others. Now, let's jump on in. Hey, Jacob. Welcome to the Tech Chef Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well, Dylan. Thank you for having me. Just to kind of give a little bit of information on uh, the background of Sigma Labs, could you give kind of a high-level view of where Sigma Labs started and uh, what they're doing today? Sure. Um, Sigma Labs was founded about 10 years ago uh, out of a group out of Los Alamos National Lab uh, with a strong background in in welding technologies and really got out in front of uh, the 3D printing space uh, addressing you know, development of quality solutions or quality monitoring solutions uh, for the industry as you know, the industry was growing from its infancy um, at that point. Uh, they were joined by a group out of, out of Intel uh, as well and, and kind of came forward to create the Sigma Labs uh, that we know today, which is focused on being an industry leader in in-process quality monitoring and assurance uh, in the additive space. And if I boil our mission statement uh, down to one thing, it's setting the quality standard for the additive manufacturing industry. Nice. So did, did it start as a, I guess, everyone kind of coming from those types of backgrounds, did it start as a software company? No. Um, and quite honestly, it's it's been a, a largely a hardware software combination company uh, from the beginning. So there was a, as the market was earlier on, and even probably up until about a year ago, uh, was relatively closed off. So, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of information sharing. So it was largely retrofit solutions um, that were created from a hardware perspective to work with the different OEMs uh, type of machines uh, coordinated with a, a software system. And really in the last year, year and a half, uh, you started to see the industry open up uh, with API connections to machine health data, um, you know, the abilities to connect to some of their, you know, broader software systems where uh, the opportunity to move from that hardware software requirement on, on every machine to uh, the option of having software only solutions, either as a embedded solution with OEMs we're close partners with or you know, as a software option on top of that machine connectivity um, that we see really growing in the marketplace today. Wow. So how, uh, how big is your current team now? So we're just, uh, just shy of about 40 people um, today at Sigma Labs. The vast majority of us are made up of um, software engineers, uh, mechanical engineers, machine learning, and artificial intelligence um, backgrounds. 
very much from the pedigree from Los Alamos. And I think as we focused on our path forward, a lot of that data analytics, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence has been a big focus on how we really operate as the center aggregator of quality data uh, in the in-process space. Wonderful. So it seems like you got quite the uh, quite the team everywhere. So is it is it mostly uh, basically based within the U.S. or do you have uh, I guess uh, team members outside of the U.S. as well? Yeah. So we're we're founded out of Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, with the Los Alamos connections. So that's still where we are headquartered today. So I'd say a large uh, basis of the team sits and resides uh, in the United States. And then we do have uh, offices and teams out of um, Europe that service uh, the European areas, both technically and commercially. So looking at this, uh, kind of, you know, walk us through some of the in-process monitoring options. So there, there's, there's a few uh, players kind of in this same game. What sets Sigma Labs apart from the others? Certainly. So, you know, I think if you look at a lot of the major machine manufacturers that exist today, um, process monitoring exists typically in some form in, in most of their standard solutions. And then you may see some other point solutions in the marketplace that focus, focus on, you know, specific technologies. Uh, I think really where Sigma Labs differentiates itself is uh, we're really taking an agnostic approach to the marketplace. So, our goal is to set that standard across any type of machine so that you can compare um, what you are getting from a process perspective, regardless of what uh, the logo is uh, on that machine. Uh, additionally, um, we're connecting that, that network to gather data from three areas. So Sigma Labs focuses on, is my machine okay? Is my process okay? And is my part okay? So on the machine side, that is, you know, common sensor data you see off of hardware, which would be like oxygen, gas flow, humidity, uh, recoder torque, uh, temperature, things of that nature. Uh, on the process side of things, there's a, a couple areas. There's uh, camera imagery uh, that, that comes off of some of the basic camera setups and systems. Um, there is sensor data from a lot of where our background and core technology are rooted out of Los Alamos was, which was the melt pool monitoring. So energy densities, temperatures, um, you know, heat maps of the entire build chamber. Mm -hmm. And then part specific health, where you actually are creating a virtual CT uh, of the individual part using sensor technologies, reading sensors off machines and creating those visualizations so that you can find you know, individual part defects, you know, is there porosity, spatter, lack of fusion, uh, things like that. And that really, if you look at the core of where Sigma Labs is bred, that strength in creating that um, virtual CT and uh, defect detection using photodiodes in combination with the others, that's, that's the, the heart of the technology of where Sigma Labs grew up from. Yeah, so a few comments on my end. One of the things I saw about the in-process monitoring that kind of blew me away was, and I say this uh, with air quotes, the kind of the simplistic approach to understanding where and when something within the process of uh, the, 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 the printer or the additive you know, process either went wrong um, or there may be a deviation that's not always so you know, point and click or so simplistic. And that was something that I, I saw within Sigma Labs as being something that you're making it simple for the operator and the engineers that are working these or, or producing these applications to easily identify where these challenges face or are faced during the process of the build. 
So that's something that I was just blown away with. And when we made a comment about, you know, being agile and kind of agnostic across the board, I mean, you and I and the rest of your team has even had conversations about, you know, how do we implement this within hybrid? So DED, uh, this is something that's something out there that, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at trying to promote that isn't necessarily finalized, but that's something that, you know, a lot of the, the players in the game aren't really having these types of conversations, which I think is really also something else that sets you and your team apart. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good note. So certainly um, laser powder bed fusion is where we, we started. Uh, we have made the move and, and have uh, options in Polymer SLS uh, mm -hmm. as an example. So that's the same look feel. And that was bred out of a major aerospace company uh, going to us and saying, hey, in our supply chain, we have polymer parts. We really want to see uh, a qualified report um, that mimics what we've, we've seen from you guys on the metal side to, to create the same report structure of quality um, for us. And so I think what you're seeing is that mentality breeding out from our team as to how do we standardize this across the industry and make um, you know, tangible quality monitoring and quality reporting uh, an easy automated feature uh, out of it where you don't need a PhD looking into every single build job. And so we'll continue to do that. I think we probably did this inverse of the way a lot of the market did. We uh, created a really deep technical product that was highly used in R&D environments. And we're now creating simplified user interfaces that are more kind of your red, yellow, green stoplight approach, mm -hmm. but have all of that meat behind it. So if there is a yellow or red flag, you can go in and you can get discrete answers as to what happened, where, and why. Right. And I, I can tell you uh, from my standpoint, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's extremely nice, especially seeing kind of the presentations you and the rest of your team put together that I can actually follow through and I don't need a PhD to understand what's going on in your slides. <laughs> that is the goal. That is the goal. <laughs> so uh, kind of leaning into this, so it's, it's good to have a good background on, you know, where the company started and kind of, you know, your, your main focus and goal for the company. Um, also, what are some projects you and your team are, are tackling right now? And uh, what are the, I guess, the goals and objectives for those? Yeah, great. Um, I think we can use a couple examples to, to walk through, you know, maybe the ambitions in the short term here um, mm -hmm. for the group. So, uh, if you look at this on, on a high level, um, where we're trying to go is really standardize around that machine process and part health and create a really simple user experience that's scalable across enterprises. Really take it from R&D environments that are helping people do process development and create extremely functional manufacturing scale uh, environments where you can get consistent parts from you know, one site to multiple sites across your machines. And so today we, we have that technical pedigree and background, and we're really working with some partners now to do exactly just that, build out you know, the scalability and functionality that they need on an, an every machine production level um, that's you know, scalable for them, multi-site, multi-machine. And so uh, specifically we have, uh, last year we started, uh, I think we made an announcement on uh, multi-site uh, Department of Energy installation. And you can kind of think of that as uh, a really exciting development in the fact that you're seeing systems implemented at different sites uh, across an organization and, and some of the goals and objectives that go with that. Um, I think more uniquely, if we want to dive into the specifics, um, 
Uh, our work with ASTM and some of the adjacent um, universities and setting standards probably give a really good detailed example of this. So um, we're members of a, a, a material and process consortium uh, with ASTM that is really looking to set standards for minimum viable data collection across the value chain, you know, from powder all the way to part. And obviously we fill the role of the in-process monitoring connectivity, you know, connecting that chain there. Um, additionally, uh, we are working with Auburn University to fulfill some of their grants uh, from the FAA and NASA. And as you look at the objective of that, it's really um, gathering the data and understanding what are those key CTQs that are kind of the industry standards that everybody should be collecting consistently across the board on machine health, process health, and part health. And how do we display those, chart those, and report those in a standardized methodology that gives a baseline you know, for the marketplace that allows you to say, okay, this machine, that machine, or this site, or that site, this is the expectation coming off of that. Um, and, and that's really exciting work for us because that gets you know, uh, government aligned with industry uh, and, and multiple different markets uh, saying what is important to them and what really drives this industry forward to really accelerate adoption of 3D printing. And so we're going to get down to the details of, you know, every, every little thing that we can display, chart, um, chart over time, chart, you know, machine by machine so that those options exist and are scalable. So you're not yeah. within the Department of Energy, correct? That is correct. So, uh, you know, from a federal government perspective, we we are we're supporting you know any and everyone we can um, here, especially on that standardization effort. But on the, the industry broad uh, perspective, uh, we have publicly announced relationships with Lockheed Martin, um, Airbus, uh, Mitsubishi, among others, um, you know, that are driving some of this, you know, from the the airframer tier one um, type area that's that's supporting a lot of uh, you know really adjacent uh, work in the, the federal government um, as well. That's awesome. So it's yeah, you kind of have a slew of different things going on in every industry. Yeah, it, you know to, to set the standard, you you have to make sure you you have good customer feedback on what is important uh, by market, and we're really making an effort to you know, uh, be able to understand what that is. And I think if you look across the federal government, you know, you have your air, your sea, your land, um, those kind of fit the different markets that you have within the, the, uh, the private sector as well. And uh, so, you know, hopefully we're, we're creating something that is, uh, can be used as that standard across the industry. And then for each individual market, really service any of the advanced needs above and beyond that uh, for those particular use cases. Whenever I was first starting out in additive manufacturing and I was doing some light serial production for aerospace, one of the things that just really just kind of drove me a little nuts is that it was 100% qualification um, on every application, on every part of that application. So it took even longer to qualify the part than it did to actually create the application and send it out. Um, so that being said, I guess, what, what are some things that Sigma Labs or like, uh, what, what does Sigma Labs see as far as the software mitigating qualification processes across every industry, specifically, you know, even probably more importantly, space travel, as well as aerospace? 
Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I think if you look at where Sigma Labs predominantly has lived to this point, um, it's been a lot in that R&D upfront process development space. Um, and we've refined our work with people really uh, to, to focus around how do we shorten uh, new product introduction lead times? And that's mostly on the qualification side of things. There's certainly some initial development, you know, where you're getting process uh, parameters or part designs uh, done. But, you know, as far as getting to set boundaries uh, that are your control limits within the process so that you can scale it, um, that is a home that we live and breathe uh, every day and really work to accelerate that path and process. I think the big kicker then is how do you actually connect that into your manufacturing footprint so that you define that and then that's actually scalable. And I think that's really where we focused a lot of our effort here um, in the last year on creating a structure that can be implemented in development and consistently monitored and reported on uh, in manufacturing. And what that does is really drive the confidence in production and certification it you know, really focuses on improving your OEE or your operations, uh, early scrap detection, you know, automated quality pedigree. Uh, and then finally, you know, what that really does is when you do have a flagged issue, uh, it removes the need to inspect 100% of the parts you know, all the time and move towards more of a guided inspection model where you have confidence you produce a good part if there's an area of concern it's in a specific area with a specific type of concern that you can go and spend the time in a very focused manner to do it. So uh, I, I think we, we, we see the same things that you saw in your, your uh, uh, example you gave here is, is that is what we focus on waking up every day is shortening that qualification time and improving your yield and your results once you do that so that we can get the total cost of ownership down in the marketplace uh, significantly using our technology and get more parts into production faster because that's what's really going to drive machine throughput and help our OEM friends sell more and more machines. I think you're hitting the nail on the head there, Jacob. Uh, one of the things that just really rings with me is that you could have maybe one application be a little bit out of tolerance, but that doesn't mean you have to scrap the entire build. And I think this really puts it kind of in perspective that, you know, mitigating the risk of one lost time is, you know, kind of facing it. The DMLS isn't necessarily the fastest for production, but it has the best opportunity for customizable and uh, more complex applications. And that being said, it's going to create more of a complex, you know, uh, process for qualification. And I think this really fits that need. So kind of leading into, you know, my, my last question, how should in-process monitoring be viewed in streamlining qualification within production? Yeah, I, I think the, the big picture here is, is supply chain holistically. Without um, this work being done in process development or setting kind of your in-process specifications, we as an industry lose the ability to fulfill the destiny that everyone wanted out of 3D printing, which is you know, uh, a very flexible democratized supply chain that can be done, you know, at point of need or, uh, you know, somewhere in that vicinity of that. And so what we're trying to create by standardizing and creating a quality standard is the ability for you to take a part and truly send it 
um, where you want it and get that part back with the confidence that uh, the design intent and the specifications were done and completed in the manner that you expected. And, and that uh, really opens up, you know, what the, the goal of additive is to, you know, to help supply chains. And so that starts with, you know, the first work uh, in an NPI R&D development, having quality monitoring uh, done during that. So you can set those thresholds early and scale the manufacturing quicker. And then when you get to manufacturing, you have very discrete uh, lines of, of monitoring done so that you know for a fact that you are in spec or out of spec and that you can use or not use certain parts uh, going forward. And then that's done consistently across any machine, any OEM, any site. And uh, that is, that's where we live and breathe today. And so, you know, our call to action would be, you know, whether, whether you're a site that is doing R&D and process development, there are specific tools that can be available to you to, to develop faster and set thresholding that can be scaled to manufacturing early. And if you're in manufacturing, you know, you're, you know you've got parts you want to produce. This is a way that you can do that and really maximize your throughput and understanding and, and reduce your need for post-inspection. That's wonderful. I really appreciate your time today and kind of going over the importance of an agnostic, agile, flexible approach to qualification with an additive across the board. And I am really excited to dive into, you know, the new developments within the polymer that you just discussed and all these other things that are going to be coming out here in the next year or two. And really looking forward to working uh, closer, uh, closer with you and your team, Jacob. And uh, I do appreciate your time being on the, the podcast today. Likewise, uh, Phoenix Mutual, we can't wait to continue to work with the team uh, there, Dylan at Phillips, and um, look forward to a bright future and helping really uh, grow and stabilize supply chain and readiness through uh, quality standard uh, across, the, across the globe. So thank you very much and uh, look forward to connecting soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Sigma Additive Solutions, please reach out via their website, sigmaadditive.com. That's S-I-G-M-A-A-D-D-I-T-I-V.com. This podcast is sponsored by Phillips Federal, the leader in the federal marketplace. I'm Dylan Drake, and thank you for listening.